You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to 3 a.m., where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Gassaway. What's the scariest story you have? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking that question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, and personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. What's your favorite meme right now? My favorite meme right now has to be item my head out. What? I on my head out. <laughs> Do you know what pisses me off? What? I hate my favorite meme right now. It's the GD white cat sitting at the dinner table. <laughs> that shit is so with the license funny plate? to me. That? No, we're like the ladies like screaming and the white cat's like Yeah. No. Or the one dude, the one where it's the black chicken, she's like do you know what I'm talking about? Where yeah. she's like crying and like trying to explain something and then the person yeah. sitting down. That shit is funny. <laughs> or it's like a really long fact. So it's like um, like a whale or a pod of um, killer whales can travel up to 300,000 miles and can go to 37 countries. And, and at the very end in Redact or whatever. Jeffrey Epstein was killed to protect a <laughs> ring of pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen like a ton of those. <laughs> so funny. They've been reversing the it I'm a head out meme to it I'm a sit down when something they like. <laughs> it I'm a sit down. <laughs> Dude, once we get memed, I'll quit. We, we will know it. that dun, we made dun, it. Dun, 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 dun. What? You we made, made it. it. <laughs> Sean? You made it. <laughs> we did my it. My brother, you made it. <laughs> we did it. My, my, my neighbor, neighbor, you made it. Hey. hey, boy. We're back. What's up, guys? How are you? So good. So good. good. It's good. hump day. <laughs> Tis hump day. And with that, <laughs> welcome to 3 a.m., everybody. We're just a, a bunch of friends telling spooky stories. Spooky. And it's October. Yeah. It's our season, bro. You're going to hear this in November, though, so get ready. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're excited to be back for another episode. My name is DJ. My name is Charlie. And my name is Sean. <laughs> this past weekend, we had our... 3 a.m. live. Our official, like, first live storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. And it was good. It was exciting. Uh, the energy was right. There were people, <laughs> there was maybe around 30 people there. Uh huh. Um, people had candles, kind of creppy. Sean had a girl show up. <laughs> My sister was there. <laughs> oh, and somebody else that you were interested in dating. Sexually. <laughs> I lived oh, in Kentucky God. for a minute. Oh. It would be really fun if we could keep doing that. And I think we're going to try, but it would be fun if it grew. Because I think at this point, we have mainly everyone who comes to our sh- or who came to our show we knew. There might have been a couple people who I, I didn't know at all. Mm-hmm. But in the future, I can't wait till that number like tips. And it's like mainly people I don't know. Do you know what I mean? True. 
That would be fun. Isn't that why we do this? For fame? For the riches. Like, I'm doing it, dog. <laughs> for kidding. the glory of the <laughs> earth. <laughs> no. no, we really do like sharing stories. Um, one thing I said before we started when I introduced or like opened up for the live show is we value good storytelling. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Above mm-hmm. all. Yeah. And that's something that we're working on for sure. And I'd like to say getting better at. But you guys can be the judge of that. Guys, I'm finding it harder and harder to be terrified of things. Bro, me too, dog. Same. Straight up. Like something happens or like a scary movie or I don't know. I'm just like, really? That's it? Dude, I feel you so hard on that. <laughs> that's that's our question for today. What's the last movie that scared you? The last movie that scared me. The last movie that scared me. It's funny because I, it's been a couple of years where I've been saying like, at least a year where I've been saying, I want to watch a movie where I'm like actually scared. Mm-hmm. New movie, probably Hereditary. Damn it. Um, <laughs> but. That I watched that like six months ago at least. Uh-huh. Um, I did watch The Shining last week. For the first time? No, no, no. Oh. For like the fifth or sixth time. And I feel like every time I watch The Shining, it creeps me out more and more. Ooh, it's so good. Okay. Like I love The Shining. That's burn that keeps happening. Yeah. That's Bef- a testament to how good of a director. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And before that, like two weeks before that, I watched Insidious for the first time. And I was not super impressed as far as like the scare factor. Yeah, it was fun. Like I enjoyed it, but like there, w- I don't think there was a point where I was scared. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Well, mine's hereditary. Uh, what about it, dude? Uh, so I think I can think of like two movies in my life where I've ever like wanted to close my eyes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I've never like gotten to that point. Hereditary is one of them where I almost was like, dude, F this noise, bro. <laughs> like, I don't need this in my life, dude. Because you know how at the end, spoiler alert, I'm not going to say anything, but it starts to culminate in like this super intense thing. And I was just, like, I, I was feeling it. Yeah. I felt that there were like some jump scares and I feel like jump scares now are just cheap. Yeah. I'm really embarrassed kind of by this, but my favorite freaking author right now is Stephen King. I've, I've been listening to all his audiobooks, and they're always good and fun. Oh, that's embarrassing. It's just kind of like, I don't know. I'm not like, uh, you know, like some philosopher. Or, no, I'm like, <laughs> Stephen King is my favorite, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, you could listen to him on Audible. Yeah. So you know that scene where he's coming up the stairs and he's being all crazy? Mm-hmm. Do you, Have you ever heard how Stanley Kubrick got... Um, the wife to act so well, Mm-mm. bro. He tortured her. I think it, what he would like. He would just do tons of of stuff to um, purposely get her in a really vulnerable and like not. So he would make her do a scene literally ninety nine times. Redo it, redo it, redo it until by the end she was like broken. And that's why she's so messed up filming that. Did he do anything to like prep her? I think he I think he was like verbally kind of mean to her. So like method directing? Yeah. Yeah. No, he he like broke her yeah. down mentally so that she would act broken down mentally. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's so wild. Uh-huh. Cuz she did a great job in that movie, but it's probably just It's not acting. It's, it's, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rip, what's her name? 
I can't, dude. I, I can't. Shelly? Like, it's on the tip of my Shelly tongue. Shelly Duvall? Shelly Duvall? That's it. Yeah. I wasn't looking at it either. Ooh. Ooh. Sean is always <laughs> good with names. He's our IMBD. Sp- like, yeah. He is our internet movie database. It's like when people look at cool things, like, you know, music and culture. I just look at IMDb all day. <laughs> yeah, Sean's got that unlocked. But honestly, I don't remember the last movie that scared me, which is also a little scary. Maybe like. Maybe what like, movie have uh, you gotten chills in? Um, like, what's the first movie that comes to your mind when you think of like a, you got chills or creeped out? Well, the first thing was The Mummy when I was eight. (laughs) (laughs) Those scare beetles? Those were scary, dude. Those things are still crawling under my skin. Oh, for (laughs) real. (laughs) When Fat Boy runs into the wall, bro, that like (laughs) wrecked me as a kid. (laughs) Yeah, and when he like reaches in with his hand to grab the thing in the hole in the wall, he pulls it out and it's just like the skeleton. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I, I totally see what you're saying, though, Sean. Since doing this podcast, I've been getting scared less and less. And, like, when I hear scary stories, sometimes I'm like, meh. I know. It's so mm. bad. Like, someone thinks this is the scariest story of their life. And I'm like, trash. That was like a four scary, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel bad. I don't know. It's part of the package. True. So, if you're trying to build your tolerance... <laughs> Start a podcast. <laughs> or listen to more of us. Or write your story into us. Or like and subscribe. <laughs> Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Is it time? It is time. Now we roll our dice. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up. by getting it off your chest uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet, uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3am. Hi, I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, (laughs) but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts, and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us. See who tells their story first. It's a 20-sided 
die that we use for Dungeons and Dragons? I've rolled a 12. Fuck. Six. 19. Ooh, yeah. So it's me, Sean, then Charles. Okay. So uh, this person for this story at the time was in college. And at the time, I, I, it sounds like he's a freshman because he said he was 19. And while he was there, he went to this college all by himself. Like he didn't have any, any friends. Basically, he started mm-hmm. fresh. And while he was there, he had one of his friends and her boyfriend fly out to come hang out for a few days. Mm-hmm. See the city, just be with him. And he was really excited. So they fly into town and they decide to go out into the city. They hit up this this club or something in Chinatown. And they meet up with some of his friends that he made while he was in school. And uh, before they went to the club and around the city, they were pre-gaming. And he's like new to the whole party scene, being 19. He's not of age yet. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he's drinking a little bit. He doesn't get completely blacked out, but he's he's starting to buzz a little bit. Um, and he keeps that going for, for a while throughout the night. And when they're all done, his friends go to the hotel and he decides he just wants to go back to his dorm apartment um, and sleep in his own bed. So he says, I'm going to catch a cab home. And he doesn't give a specific year from when this happened. He did say Uber just started, but he didn't have the app on his phone. Mm. Um, so what is that? What would you say? Like 2013, 14-ish? I think it started in San Francisco in 2009. Are you effing serious? How do you know that? What are you pulling that out of? <laughs> Uber. If you're right, I'll be more upset. March 2009. That's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> that just confirms what we just said earlier about our internet database. Sean Gassaway. Sean, anyway. if I threw a pack of toothpicks on the ground, would you be able to count them all quick? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I win yeah, all those, those, Rain Man those, yeah. <laughs> those gumball games where you guess how many gumballs are in the jar. <laughs> um, not that this super matters. Um, but yeah, he didn't have Uber on his phone. So this was like two in the morning. Um, so he walks down to the lobby and there's no receptionist at the counter. Nobody's there, which he finds kind of weird because it's a, like a fairly nice hotel in a big city. He doesn't say how big the city is. Big enough to have a China. Yeah. I was going to say it has to be at least. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, he gets to the lobby. Nobody's there. Kind of weird, um, but it's like whatever because he was going to go to the front desk to call a cab. Mm-hmm. Nobody's there, so he just decides to go out on the street. It's early, early in the morning. He's tired, still kind of buzzing, and he's waiting. Doesn't see a single car, doesn't see a single person, and he waits for about 20, 25 minutes when he decides to just start walking back to the school. And he doesn't specify how far away it is, but 
Is this, Jordan? Is this Jordan's story? <laughs> <laughs> Did this happen in China? Yeah. <laughs> is this Jordan? Like, <laughs> all of China is Chinatown. <laughs> like, it's not Chinatown, Jordan. It's the country it's you're town. in. It's town. That's town. He starts walking back. And about a couple minutes into his walk, um, he's crossing the street to go to the other side and he's like jaywalking. Mm-hmm. And it's then when he notices that there's a man in a coat with his hands in his pocket and his head down walking in the middle of the street. What the hell? <laughs> Looking down at his feet while he's walking and whistling. So walking towards this kid who's walking towards the college, you know, uh, he thinks it's kind of weird, but he like, instead of like walking diagonally down the street, he like cuts hard straight across. So you can just get to the sidewalk mm-hmm. and get out of this man's path that he's walking. And as he's doing that, the man like turns with him. Mm-hmm. So he decides to hightail it. Maybe not hightail. He doesn't run, but he just does a complete 180. And walks the other direction, <laughs> basically back towards the hotel. At that point, a car comes up. Lights aren't on. Oh, no, dude. It's a black car. And he's just thinking, I'm screwed right now. <laughs> well, this is how I die. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it all ends in town. <laughs> but... uh. He apparently this car crept up on him without him him like really noticing because he just gets out of the way of the car and the car stops right where the driver's side window is and the window rolls down and there's a man and he says to this kid, you're looking for a cab, aren't you? Oh, no, dude. And in the milliseconds that he had to, you know, respond. He thought he was going to die <laughs> um, if he didn't take this car. He thought the worst of the two evils was staying with the guy on the street. Oh, okay. So he says, yeah, I'm looking for a cab. And the guy says, get in. So he gets in the car. And as they start to take off, the whistling man stops in front of their car and the man who is driving quickly maneuvers it to like go around. Mm-hmm. So they get away from the whistling man. Okay. That takes away one of his problems. <laughs> Real quick, Sean, you're in that position and you're faced with that choice. I'm not getting the car. I'm confident enough to beat up the whistling man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's say you had to choose one or the other. Oh, I would pick the whistling man. Okay. Because if I'm in the car, he starts going at a fast speed. I have to jump out of the car if I'm trying to get away, or I have to attack him, in which case I'm in the car, and that could be an accident, which I'm also hurt in. Whistling man. Doug, you think about things or something? (laughs) (laughs) Why do you have to be all smart? (laughs) Sorry if that... No, no, no. You're fine. So he's in the car now, like, trying to figure out... Because I'm just thinking he, like, made a crazy... Like, he made a huge choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's trying to figure out if this guy is good or bad, yeah. but this guy's making small talk and he seems nice. Um, 
And while they're talking, the man says, oh, by the way, you're headed to this college, aren't you? And this kid's not wearing like any... He's not wearing like a sweatshirt with the, the college name on it. No Letterman's jacket. No Letterman's jacket. <laughs> no varsity jacket. <laughs> um, yeah, nothing like that to show that he was a student, let alone at that specific university or college. And he says, yes. <laughs> um, so the man says, okay, all right. And it's crazy because the only thing that this kid says about this area is that there's a total of four universities in the area. Okay, so, so it's probably like a big, choice. big city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the fact that this man knew which university it was that he was going to. In a big city. Concerning. And that it was yeah. a university he was going to. Yeah. Was strange. But this man is driving towards that university. He's not like driving away from it, which is good to know, but he's still kind of on edge. After some of the small talk, it's just silent in the car. They don't really talk. Chinatown's crazy, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Town's crazy. Wow. <laughs> but uh, as they're about a block away from the university, he decides to tell him, can you just drop me off at the, like, the front of the university? Because he doesn't want to leave him to like the apartment or the dorm that he's staying in. The man says, sure. After that, the man says, you remind me of someone I know. And the kid says, I hope that's a good thing. And he doesn't say anything after that. (laughs) And they're pretty much there at the front of the university. And as he's coming to a stop, the man says, sometimes we're sent exactly what we need at the right time. Don't you agree? And the kid says, yes. (laughs) I feel like things like that have happened before. (laughs) And the man says, I don't know, maybe like a guardian angel or something. And the kid says, ha ha, yeah, thanks. (laughs) Pulls out his wallet, offers him a $20 bill, says, thank you. The man says, no, I don't need I don't need that money. And he's like, are you sure? And he says, yeah. And the kid says, thank you. And he gets out of the car. And he walks across the street. Right when he gets to the other side of the street, he remembers that he should tell the guy that this street that the guy is on is a dead end if he keeps going. So he wants to tell him to just make a U-turn right there. And he turns around and there's no car in sight. And he didn't hear this man drive off. He just got out of the car and the man was gone. And I think from reading that, it was a little refreshing to me. It was like unsettling throughout the whole way. But the fact that he got there without incident and nothing else happened afterwards, that he was able to tell us his story. I don't know. Maybe this dude was a guardian angel. But... Everything about it before that was just like no bueno. <laughs> yeah, I would have chose car, so Sean's ass would have been stabbed by the <laughs> by the man. <laughs> nah, dude, someone gets close to me, I'm taking him down, bro. <laughs> what if he was like the size of the rock, bro? <laughs> if he was the size of the rock, bro, <laughs> and the fit is the rock, bro, I'll go for the ankles, bro. It's the <laughs> Ainga. <laughs> Sorry. 
Mm. Dang, that's wild. You should have gone last. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a kind of a good story. And we're going to get darker. Yeah. No. <laughs> we're going to start on a good note and on a bad one. That's cool. I like that, though. Yeah. It was fun. I was, like, nervous because, I don't know, especially the part where <laughs> I thought the whistling man and the car were working with each other. That's 100%. what I thought, yeah. <laughs> I thought there was some gang, gang thing That's also like, why that's I wouldn't big. trust the car, because like I would expect that the guy wanted me to get into the car, and that's what they would do whatever they would do, you know? Like mm-hmm. you're being shepherded to the car almost? Yeah. Like, yep. That's what I, I thought. I ain't no sheeple, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I did forget to mention a huge part of this story. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> this kid knocks out as soon as he gets to the dorm. And... When he wakes up around noon, checks his phone, a million missed calls. And it's from his friends who are staying at the hotel. Mm-hmm. And what had happened is on that street, there was a murder that night. Not too long after the hours at which he left the hotel. Damn. Damn. And the description of the murder matched the guy, matched the whistling man. Oof. Like he was whistling. They knew it. <laughs> Bro, plot twist. It was homeboy, the college student. Ooh. <laughs> Bro, whenever I'm like out and about and feel a little nervous, I always stop and pick up like a rock. Bro. And like carry it with me until i feel safe 100 percent, bro i do the same thing anytime i'm hiking and like if anything feels wrong i scan everywhere to look for the right size rock yep or anything i could grab about a baseball size so that i can cane enable his ass (laughs) i also have like a knife on my keychain that i usually whip out yo sometimes not sometimes once in a long while if i'm feeling super creeped out like the most recent one i can think of is at my girlfriend's house. <laughs> Why were you creeped out? She asked him to kiss. <laughs> Make kisses. We were watching a movie downstairs with a few people, and we heard somebody come inside the house upstairs. We were thinking it was one of her roommates, but from what we knew, like they were out of town. Like One was at <laughs> Disneyland with her family for her birthday and all these weird things. So she's like, can you go check? I was like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I can. (laughs) I'm strong and brave. (laughs) And I went upstairs and... Because we were in the basement watching the movie. Exactly, bro. So you can't see, but Charles and Sean have their their fists up. Their dukes up, dog. (laughs) Squaring up. Squaring up. I legit had... I had one fist raised. (laughs) Just cocked. Yeah, I was... As he opens the door. Arm at the ready. You look like the Arthur meme. (laughs) (laughs) I was legit the Arthur uh, anteater meme. Meme. And uh, I was like taking wide turns around the corners. (laughs) (laughs) And there was nothing and the door was locked. Okay, well, that's scary. That's pretty scary. (laughs) So maybe one of the roommates came real quick and left and locked the door. That's what I'm banking it on. That's what you're hoping. (laughs) Yeah. I thought you were going to say, like, we thought it was her roommates, but they were both sitting on the couch. So, (laughs) Bro, that's terrifying. Mm. But 
came downstairs like, yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> We're good. So why is your pants changed, bro? <laughs> Are you crying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the movie. <laughs> I'm deep. <laughs> Dude, this app definitely needs to be called Memes, though. <laughs> That's when we were watching The Shining. Ooh, uh, so it's like pretty earlier. crept out, too. Yeah. That's dope. You know, it's funny, though. Well, I also have a story about creepy people. About creepy people? About creepy people. Creepy-pipple? Creepy-pipple. 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 I hate creepples. <laughs> That's the name for our followers. Creepples? Creepples. Your voice just cracked, bro. Bro, I'm feeling hella weird. Disclaimer. I ate like 13 pieces of candy right before we started. Uh, he just mainline like eight Laffy Taffies. <laughs> <laughs> the what? other boys had candy as well and uh, energy drink. So. Also, disclaimer, we don't actually hate cripples. <laughs> no, I said cripples, bro. I don't know. It sounds a little like cripples, dude. Well, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was disclaiming, you know? So this happened in England. Ooh, blimey. Pretty recently, actually. <laughs> Quirky. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so there. this is the story of this girl, and for sake of, you know, not sharing her name, we'll say her name is Maggie. Um, she lives in a smaller town outside of London, but she works in London. She... Uh, has to take the train every day to get to work early in the morning and vice versa every evening. <clears throat> now, the train schedule is so much, she said, that like if she misses the last train, she's basically screwed. Like She'll end up having to stay there in London. <laughs> um, and it usually works out perfectly, so when she gets off of work, she's able to just go straight to the train, get on, and... Uh, get home. However, one day she ends up stuck in a conference meeting. And by the time the conference meeting is over, she realizes she's missed two train cycles. So she goes straight from this meeting when she's done to the train station trying to catch, at this point, what is going to be the last train home. Mm, the midnight train. <laughs> yeah. The midnight train. Um, <clears throat> with that being said, it is that midnight train. And there aren't a whole lot of people taking it because it's the end of the line. So she's at the end of the line. She's going to have to get on and ride it all the way to this little town that she lives in. Uh, end of the line in the city anyways. <clears throat> so she gets to this train station and there's no one there. She just sits down in the little like waiting area next to where the train pulls up or whatever. What is that called? Uh, the dock. The dock? The dugout. The dugout. <clears throat> the... <laughs> The waiting station. The infantry. Huh? <laughs> I, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. But there's a name for it. The station. The station. Sure, let's go the with stop. that. The stop. She's waiting there at the stop, sitting on a bench, um, just all by herself. Now, what she does is she's sitting there. She's, okay, I'm waiting, waiting. Um... She gets a little hungry. She gets up, goes over. There's like these vending machines that are around the corner. 
she goes and gets herself something, and she kind of turns around and sees this guy just standing there, but not like close, kind of like 50 yards away, kind of at one of the little pillars in the middle of the station stop. He's like wearing neon green shoes, she said, Hmm. with a white tracksuit with blue stripes. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I know. But she she respects the distance. She respects the distance, and she respects the fit. Yeah, that's specific. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I remember because the neon green shoes got me. I was like, what the fuck? like Virgil? (laughs) He's like Yeezy season six. (laughs) He's got them Balenciagas on. Yep, yep. So she just kind of like stares at him for a second, and then reaches down to go and pick up her candy that she just got at the vending machine. And as she stands up, he's closer to her now. Oh, gosh. And he's just kind of standing there, not really looking at her or anything. It's like he naturally moved to where he is, where he is now. Um, she picks the candy up, goes back to her bench and sits down. And then she looks back at where he is, and he's not there again. And he's standing now by the corner where the vending machines are. And he's just standing there and not looking at her, but like looking where the train's going to pull up. She kind of thinks this is weird. She kind of smiles at him, like trying to be nice, right? Yeah. So that probably less creepy for her. And no smile back. He doesn't even notice her. Then she kind of sits down. She's like playing music on her phone or whatever. Um, well, she's that kind of person. Yeah, yeah. She oh, is, so she's uh, tonguing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's a poly. <laughs> um, and it puts her headphones back in as she's listening to music. And then the train pulls up. Train pulls up. And since it's the end of the line, I guess the conductor has to get out and then go back to the other end so that they can take it the other way now. So oh, there's did, kind of this I adjustment that, thing. Yeah. I thought there were people on both ends. <laughs> I don't know, dude. That's just what, well, that's what they said. That would make know. sense, though. That's crazy. Yeah. Hey, if there's yeah. just one conductor, yeah. Maybe yeah, there yeah. are people on both ends for, like, busy ones, though. I don't know, dude. We'll find out. <clears throat> um, so what happens is, like, the train's empty. No one's getting on this midnight train going home. She gets on one of the cars, and he follows her. And she sits kind of in the corner space. He sits down on the opposite corner, like kitty corner her. And then she kind of looks at him because now she's kind of creeped out, right? Because he could have chose any other car. He could have chose any other car. And this time he's looking at her, but like smiling. Just kind of like a creepy smile is what she said. As he sits down, she's like, nope, gets up, leaves the car, and goes to a completely different car at the opposite end of the train. Okay, this is the deciding thing. <laughs> Good for her. Good and the move. doors close. Okay. So he's not on this car. Now they keep they take off, they're headed home. And as they're like going, she's kind of sit, sitting there listening to music, watching the country scenery go by. It's dark. It's just kind of a nice ride for her. And her phone's basically out of battery at this point. Because she's been listening to music and hasn't had a chance to charge her phone since the morning when she left for work. But at this point, she realizes the battery's low, takes her headphones out, puts them in her pocket, puts her phone in her pocket, and hears the 
creak of the door from the other car. And like at this point, she's like, what is going on? She turns around and she sees him, this guy coming into her car and sitting down kind of in that kitty corner spot again. And he's facing away from her, but she's kind of like really freaked out at this point. They get to a stop. The doors open. No one's there. They close. And they keep going. He's still on the train. And all of a sudden, she sees him looking at her again with just a really creepy smile again. And then he turns around, looks away from her. At this point, she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. He turns around and looks at her again and smiles, just holding the smile. I hate that he keeps like turning around, smiling, turning back, turning around. This time he keeps it. Like he keeps looking at her for probably a solid minute, minute and a half. She's like, hey, uh, what's going on? What do you want? Doesn't say anything. He turns back around and this time she pulls her phone out, opens the camera with flash on. And she just holds it. The next time he turns around, she turns the camera or she hits the take picture. It flashes at him and he like goes down really fast like his face to hide his face from the camera. And she's like, there you go. I'm sending that to all the people, my contacts. Like they're going to all know who you are. They're waiting for you at the end of the line. Damn. And then her phone dies. But as she's like saving this message in her phone, because she's like saving the the, fo- the photo in like a text message and the title is this is the man who killed me like she's preparing for that and then they get to the next stop doors open and he gets off and this is the point where she's like that's right bitch get off this car I got people down at the end of the line waiting for you stuff like that and he just gets off and she's like feeling super like hard at this point <laughs> and then doors close Train takes off. She just starts breaking down and crying because she had no idea what was going to happen. This dude's just creeping on her. End of the story is she makes it home okay. Never sees this guy again. That was so smart. I was not thinking about that. Bro, another choices, bro. Because, like, there's two possible. Like, if you take a picture, what if that, like, set him off, you know, and he runs over and I would be afraid to do that. Yeah, but that is that see, could happen. At some point I feel like I was going to fight him at like anyway. Mm. So why not just get documentation of him? Yeah. Cuz the first thing I think of is like something to fight with. So you're like she pulled out her phone. I'm like, "What? Is she, she going to fight with her phone?" With her phone? <laughs> yeah. Dang. Bro, oh, the <laughs> inching closer to you thing terrifies me. Yeah, it's just like messing with people that is just kind of terrifying like someone really it's just, cat and mouse dude yeah people he, creepers get off on that dude it's true there's a short on youtube i think it's called the smiling man mm-hmm. oh yeah and it's dude. one of the first horror shorts i saw on youtube and when i first saw it it kind of it there was a part where it creeped me out and i had like <laughs> crazy chills do you call it goose pimples chicken skin or goosebumps 
people in Hawaii call it chicken skin. There was like local scary stories in a book, and it was called Chicken Skin. Dang, dude. Almost like they ripped it off like R.L. Stein or something. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's it's like the pigeon version of <laughs> Goosebumps. Skin. And then the guy came in <laughs> when mockery of a dude. Yeah. <laughs> the dude get mockery. <laughs> but what were you saying about the smiley man? No, it just reminded me of that because in the short... Your There's story a, reminded me of the smiling man. Really? Yeah. Because the whistling guy coming yeah. up the road. That's what I thought of first. Yeah. Hmm. You know what Sean's reminded me of? Huh. You ever seen that uh, meme where it's like the person with the camera and they keep moving it back and forth and the cat is closer? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Until the kitten's like right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> they look away, come back, the cat's closer. Yeah. Bro. Bro. <laughs> Dude, bro. Like, Dude. <laughs> guy. <laughs> hey, my guy. <laughs> Dude, what's up, my guy? How's it hanging? Hey, bro. Bra. Dude, bro. For real, though? Dude, bro, man. Yeah, no, like. My no, guy. yeah, like he came. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, like, no. And smacked the lip. Whoopa. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a story. Um, a mom and a daughter. They decide to go camping, and this is on along the eastern. I mean, sorry, this is along the Oregon coast or northern California, really close to Oregon. Hmm. What well, part of that was eastern? I know that's why I said I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what's it called? So they like it's it's the mom and daughter, and they drive out, and they go as far as their car can go, and then they get out and they hike a couple miles. They set up their tent. They do all the normal camping stuff. And then at one point, the daughter says she gets a weird feeling, almost as if someone is there, but looks around and sees nothing. And she thinks to herself, no, like we are so far away from where people usually go. God's light. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're totally fine. (laughs) So they go to bed. And in the middle of the night, she hears the worst noise you can hear while camping. And that's slow footsteps up to your tent. Oh, uh, yep. That's one of the worst noises you could hear. So she's terrified. She's staring at the door of the tent, and the zipper starts unzipping. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and as someone starts pu- peeking their head in, she grabs her mom, and her mom wakes up, realizes what's happening, and says, Dan, Dan, get the gun. There's someone getting in the tent. And she's that is for a second she was she was like what like my dad's not here, but as she yelled that the man who was coming into their tent turned and ran, and that's smart. The mom and the daughter <laughs> jump in their car, go the f home. That that's some quick thinking, right? But I, that's what I was saying. Like your person made a, just a quick super decision, and like it saved their life. Same with yours, and that made me think of this mom. Maybe we named like, this freak. episode Quick Decisions, bro. <laughs> that person had to have been strapped, too. I don't think they or were. Or at least had a knife. Because you're not going to go bare, like, bare. I don't know, man. Just opening people's tents. Probably not. In the but wilderness. But if they're sleeping, you, if you're like a psychopath, you probably are like, I have total control over this person, probably. Well, if you're a psychopath, then you probably have tools to kill the person. <laughs> true, true. But you're right. Maybe they had like a knife or something. And when they heard gun, that obviously beats them in rock, paper, scissors. So they were yeah. like, I'll scissor hey, you later. 
Yeah, you're gonna like regret the... this. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> this rocks. <laughs> Freak. Sometimes I make myself sad. <laughs> but usually it's just life. <laughs> Freak. Shut up. Okay. Gang, so if you remember last time, I told you that my story was coming from Aotearoa. Yeah, boy. Kia ora. So when I say New Zealand, what do you guys think of? Um, I think of Kiwis. Hey. All blacks. Hey. I think of rugby. I think of Vegemite. <laughs> And Tim Tams. Ooh, and ooh, slams. slams. Bro, that, yeah, okay. Welcome to the jam. And, oh, uh, meat pies. Okay. Oh, meat pies. Dope. All right, well, uh, this story comes from my friend down in New Zealand, and it's the same one who works at the mental institution. Ooh. So after his last story, it had a lot of good feedback. A lot of people wrote me personally and told me, like, that one was so well written and scary. So I told him that, and he goes, bro, ever since I sent you that, I've been remembering like a ton of stuff that's happened to me, because he's worked there for a couple years. Okay. Do tell. (laughs) Do tell all his stories. Okay. And just to reiterate, to kind of like build some context for the story, my friend who sent me this, he's Maori. And for all of you out there, it's not Mary, it's Ma-O-D. That's how I was taught to say it. Mary. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And the Maoris are like... The indigenous people of New Zealand, even though about 1,200 years ago, they all traveled there uh, on seven canoes, I believe, or wakas. Um, anyway, so he's Maori. And DJ, I show you a picture of him. What does he look like? Dude, if you've seen Game of Thrones, this guy is the mountain. <laughs> Bro, he is the <laughs> Kiwi mountain, dog. There's a picture of him standing with a group of people. And in the background, you can see a like a door frame. And the doorframe goes up to like his neck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he had to legit do the limbo to go into that house to take that picture. He's huge. And that's just his height. Uh (laughs) With he's not like fat or anything. Like he's not like chubby. He just like built wide (laughs) shoulders and like fridge. Yeah. A fridge is adequate (laughs) he has a picture of him doing the haka and i immediately was like oh i know why england couldn't conquer new zealand (laughs) probably sent his house out there (laughs) he actually his he can trace his family back super far damn and there is legends in new zealand of giants and um in his family um one of his like great 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 grandpas they said and on record it said he was eight to nine feet tall that just makes the story that you previously told more terrifying mm-hmm. because they were holding down a patient, like multiple people, including him, mm-hmm. and they could barely restrain this person who was like possibly possessed. Yep. And half his size, you know. He also asked, and maybe after I tell you this story, he was like, bro, if you guys have any theories, like, let me know. Because he's still trying to figure out what the hell happened. Mm-hmm. So you're you're right, DJ. And in the psychiatric hospital that he works in, if something's happening, they call him. 
because he can just come in and literally like pick people up with one hand. He's what is that called? Like, what is that job? Like a bouncer for like a enforcer? It's orderly. He's an orderly. Oh, okay. That's his yeah, title. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But he's one overqualified orderly dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the qualification for that is exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As he, he is. Yeah. Just be you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So for some context, more context for this. So so now that you have literally think of the mountain from Game of Thrones, but like brown. <laughs> <laughs> and a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, so you have him. But um, so with Maoris and a little bit of background on them, this is coming. This is his words. He says, there's no such thing as an atheist Maori person. LOL. The majority of Maori people are Christian raised or affiliated. If they're not Christian, then they definitely believe in something greater than themselves, like gods, afterlife, spirits. As a result, Maori people tend to be way superstitious about spiritual things. Hmm, makes sense. Yeah. And in my limited, like when I lived in Australia for two years, 90% of the people I was around was like either Samoan, Tongan, or Maori. And then like 2% were Australian. <laughs> they all come over for the jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, I would agree with that. And all the, yeah, all the Polynesians are <laughs> religious, spiritual. Mm-hmm. So they have that context built into them. Like through, through how they see the world. And then, like I was saying, they all come from a tribe and they can trace that tribe. So there was, there used to be like about 1200 years ago, the tw- or the seven tribes came to New Zealand. Since then, those tribes have broken up, but everyone tra- traces their family back to these seven main tribes. Hmm. And in these tribes, in these small communities, they will always have a marae. And so the marae is... So the marae is like a cross between a church. It's, it's a building, right? It's a cross between a church, a school, a town hall, living quarters. It's basically the spiritual home of the Maori. The buildings have ornate carvings and photos which depict ancestors and significant events in their history. They're used for things like weddings, funerals, reunions, meetings, and they're oftentimes are purposed as the places of spiritual healing and uh, reconnection. Almost every Maori settlement in New Zealand has a marae. Okay. So you can think, yeah, it's like their town temple or meeting place. So now that you have all that, my friend is sitting in his office. It's getting close to the end of his shift. It's about 10 p.m. When one of the nurses runs into his office and says, I need you, come. So right away he gets up, starts to leave, and he thinks uh, someone must be like causing a ruckus, you know, smashing stuff up. So he runs past, or runs behind her and runs the room and he fully expects to see a man just like breaking tables and stuff like that. And he walks in and he sees an old Maori lady lying on the bed and she's rigid with fear. He said she's like frozen in terror, staring up. So he comes in and he asked, he, he asked the nurse, okay, what's going on? And so the, the nurse says that this old Maori lady, who we'll call Irana, um, has been switching back and forth between two personas. So on one point, she'll be her like, like terrified self, but then she'll switch and she's this super violent, malicious uh, persona. 
And my friend is thinking, bro, this is a possession. Sounds like it. And so the nurse knows that he has like a religious background. So she says, can you just say a prayer? Can you say some prayers for her? And he's thinking she needs an exorcism, you know, but he, he's not about to give her one, right? So he goes, okay. And he goes and sits down on the bed. And she's like I said, just like frozen with this terrified look on her face. And he sits down on the bed, bows his head, and he starts to pray. And he starts to ask that she'll be comforted, that she'll be safe. In the middle of the prayer, she goes and grabs his hand. And he looks up. And a moment ago, she was staring up at the ceiling, terrified with her bright eyes. And he looks up at her and she's holding his hand. And he said her eyes are completely blacked out. And she says, she no longer belongs to them. And he said, at this point, he's not too alarmed because crazy people say nonsensical stuff all the time. And so he's, he's not really alarmed. So he, he, he said, I flicked off her hand <coughs> and I said, hey, it's rude to interrupt people when they pray. <laughs> Let me finish. Damn. <laughs> so he finishes the prayer. He's sitting there. There's not, and she's just terrified with fear. And, and so he gets up. He's going to leave. And as he turns to leave, she switches back. And she said, so she starts talking to him. And he's a Maori. So they, they really start, I think they bond a little bit, right? And she just starts talking to him. And he sits back down. And she said she was almost like calm. She's just super sweet talking to him. And as they're talking, that's when, and he said the whole room vibe had changed. Like it's like, it's okay now. So he's talking to her and he said, this is when she said something that really alarmed him. But she said, all I want to do is go back to my family and spend the last of my days at the Marai. And then he said, that was, that was alarming for two reasons. One, she fully believed whatever was happening to her was going to take her life. And two, now he know, he's like, I think I know what that, I think I know what it meant when it said she no longer belongs to them. So he's a little creeped out. Right after she kind of tells him that, all of a sudden she gets super faint and almost faints. And she tells the nurse she feels super weak. So they run in, they take all her vitals and they're checking her things and her vitals are all over the place. So they call the ambulance and they're like, we need to get her to the hospital. So they call the ambulance, it pulls up. And as they're like loading her on the gurney and into the back of the ambulance, she looks at my friend and says, will you, will you come with me? Will you ride with me? He says, yes. So he climbs back into the back of the ambulance with her. And about two minutes into the ride, she switches again. Mm. And he said, when she switched, you could feel it in the air. And her eyes once again turned black. And she has this huge like grimace on her face. And she's like leering at him. And he said he is fully freaked out at this point. And so she's like super tense, like trying to get up and like look at him. And right as they arrive to the uh, hospital, she faints, boom, goes back. So they rush her into the room. She's all over the place. The doctors are trying to give her medication, figure out what's going on. And she's all over the place, like in and out of consciousness, like they're losing her. And she's pleading with my friend, please, I need to go back to the Marai and, and die with my family. 
and he has to keep telling her like, I'm sorry, you can't, you can't go back. You have to stay here. And that's causing her more distress. And so that's as, as like the regular hurt, like her as yeah, herself. Yeah. Yeah. And so the doctors are trying to figure out what's going on is her, like her vitals are all over the place and a nurse walks in and she's holding a needle and he's watching this interaction. And as the nurse uncaps the needle, she lunges and grabs the needle hand and he reaches out and grabs both of their hands. And as he shakes the needle out or whatever, he looks into Arana's black eyes and she says, she belongs to us. And he said this time her voice was pitched down. So it was like the deepest voice he's ever heard. Anyway, so he steps back. The doctors come in. They're able to sedate her and he's just standing there. And by this time, it's the end of his shift. So he waits till the next people get there. He goes and he clocks out and he goes home, says a couple prayers. And he said he just sat there trying to figure out what the hell just happened. (laughs) And he asked us, dude, he's like, maybe you guys have some idea or questions. I have no idea. But that's the story, at least the best I can remember it. Well, it definitely sounds like possession. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) What what do you guys think? (laughs) Could it be? I think she just drank a five-hour energy. <laughs> Dude, she probably had five five-hour energies. <laughs> but isn't that terrifying? He he, he said like uh, they were very lucky that he was sitting there and ready when she grabbed that needle because he fully was like, I think she would have stabbed it into someone the way she was acting when she w- when her eyes would turn black. And I asked her, I was like, okay, when her eyes turn black, what do you mean? And he said she had like green eyes. And uh, every time she would switch, her iris would fill the entirety of the color of her eye. So she still had like white around her eyes, but the whole pupil was black. Hmm. I was like, what the freak? Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> you think it's drugs? So that's your theory? I. It could be, you know. Isn't there like it some sort of... It could be anything. <laughs> it could be. Well, it couldn't be anything. So... <laughs> Cool. That's it. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say after that one. He never heard anything about her afterwards. She go back. Did they get somebody to perform an exorcism? Uh, he told me. Um, he actually said that he would ask the people who were there that night because he doesn't know what happened to her. So he said he would ask them and then try to figure out if there's any more to it, and then he'd let us know. But that's a good story, dude. What's the, what's your friend's name? Hione Arts on Instagram. His name is Zion. Zion. Yeah. But if you want to look him up, his name is Hione Arts. So H I O N A dot A R T S on I G. He's an he's like the best artist I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he sits down and freehand draws with pen. I have to sketch things out with pencil, erase a hundred times, sketch it out. Then I'll pen, like when I after like 50 re, redos, I'll have it and then I pen it with ink. He sits down with ink and free hands it. And I'm dead serious. I've watched him do it. Just one take, Jake. Bro, it's insane. <laughs> like the straightest lines, cleanest art I've ever seen. What did we learn today, guys? Uh, to me, there's times in your life when you're presented with a choice and One of those choices could be very good and one of them could be very bad. 
or both of them very bad and you got both of them very good the lesser <laughs> of both evils or the greatest of two goods hmm. gotta think quick i know all of those stories had a think quick type situation so you gotta act bro it's hard because it's like which one you know it's hard to know which one go with your gut dude gut well there was like a study that indicated that gut feeling is right like 70 percent of the time Something good like odds. That. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> C's get degrees. Hey. <laughs> to my understanding, your gut is like your subconscious. And your subconscious is way faster than your conscious at recognizing patterns. And so all of us, all of us inside of us have in our DNA and in, in our life experience, we have embedded these patterns that we recognize that could mean like danger. Hold up. The study was 90% of the time your gut feeling is right. Dang. And so when you have those gut feelings, what that is most likely is your subconscious recognizing a pattern and just telling you straight up an answer without you being able to logically like break down why what's happening. So sometimes when you get the feeling, get the hell out of here. Just do it. It's your instinct. It's your gut. Something's not right, probably. And if there is no problem, what's the harm in getting out anyways, you know? I'm trying really hard to find a Maori person who can come and tell us some legends from New Zealand because there's hella stuff, bro. I was reading all of this stuff about different tribes, different legends. They have like little leprechaun type things. They have giants going on. They have disappearing people. I don't know. Gods and demigods. Yeah, they have. uh, What's his name? You're welcome. Maui. Yeah, they have Maui legends and stuff like that. It's wild. That's exciting. Actually, I have an update real quick. The friend from work that I was had gonna the ask. possessions or the house haunting. I was going to ask. They saged. Nothing has happened since they saged. All right. Scientific method. Saging is real. Has to be. <laughs> I'll ask her again, though, tomorrow. So Ghost nope, dude. <laughs> Ghost's like, damn it. <laughs> damn it, they got that smoke in there. Got that sage protection. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not at that level. <laughs> yeah, you got to level up. It'd be a level 70 there. demon to break Palasanto and say, <laughs> yeah. Those are just level 20 demons. Um, thank you, everybody, for, for tuning in on another episode. Uh, always, always thankful for people who include us in their week. So uh, until next time, trust your gut and watch your back. Bye. Love you. Be safe. Thanks for listening. Pew, pew, pew. So Jordan had to call the cops. Damn rope. <laughs>
Who Killed is an evergreen podcast, killer podcasts, and slow burn media production. Subscribe today wherever you get your favorite shows. Hi, this is Amy and Vanessa from She Goes by Jane, where we shine light on the stories of missing and unidentified women. On November 7th, we're sharing Nahida's story for the first time in a podcast. And this is a story that I thought I knew, but after reading police reports, became more complicated than I thought. When investigators are called to Nahida Khatib's house, everything looks fine. Her purse is on the kitchen table, her cup of coffee is on the counter, and her two-year-old niece is in her playpen. The only thing amiss? Nahida is missing. Every week, we feature a poem written in honor of the person we're talking about. This week, we're joined by one of our favorite actresses. You might know her from Sister Act or King of the Hill or The Descendants. But if you're like us, you'll know her from Hocus Pocus. She's the much-beloved Kathy Najimy. Join us November 7th to hear Nahida's story.